When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another Captaincy video uh, from Fantasy Football Scout. It's a single game week finally. Uh, no more of the heartache of the last two game weeks uh, with top captaincy options failing to deliver for many. Can we do any better in single game week 28? My name is Joe and joining me uh, is David to look at the best armband options for normal game week 28. David, how are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks. As you say, it's nice to be able to come into a game week and not feel the need to gratuitously captain someone who's playing twice when most of the time they just let you down anyway right I mean, yeah. we've had some really disappointing double game weeks of late yeah. um now we can afford to really just look at the fixtures in isolation in a way mm -hmm. that kind of is definitely liberating based on the last few weeks in terms of how captaincy has gone because a lot of us have made what felt like sensible captain decisions and 20 the 2020 21 season decided to be itself yet again yeah um so hopefully, fingers crossed, maybe we might um, have uh, better luck this time. <laughs> yes, definitely. I mean, to, to timestamp this, we are recording this on Tuesday morning. So hopefully we'll go out at some point during Tuesday. So that's before Man City and Southampton's second matches. So there's a lot of people on uh, De Bruyne, Gundogan, a hell of a lot of people on Gundogan, um, some Man City defenders. Um, and perhaps if they're a bit more maverick, a Southampton player who isn't Danny Ings who is injured um, so there could be some good captaincy halls to come but nevertheless so far it's been disappointing and of course it was Harry Kane who we should have all captained but we didn't um, uh, well although some people did um, let's move on to gaming 28 um, so with rotation I think it's still going to mar City assets patchy form of Manchester United I'm going to say here um, beat the champions and then failed to score against Palace and then there's Liverpool <laughs> and um, I don't know if anyone's going to trust a Liverpool asset with the captaincy this week um, so could it be time for Werner and I say that uh, loosely because I did say earlier in the season Timo Werner could be back in our thoughts um, now Chelsea are against Leeds so Werner and other Chelsea assets I think could be the strongest armband options in game week 28 what do you think? Yeah, I think um, Chelsea as a team obviously are, are doing very well, um, and that that's that, that's good. I think the the challenge comes uh, in identifying which members of that team you can can trust, because of course you can't captain a team; you can only captain a player. So um, I think personally myself, it's it, this is more about the fixture than necessarily the the form of of any individual. Uh, as in, that's why I think why perhaps people are thinking about. It. I mean, Leeds obviously. Um, you know, one clean sheet in the last four. Uh, before that, they conceded four at Arsenal. Um, you know, this is a team that can concede um, because of the way they play. Chelsea are a team that probably can capitalise on that. Um, Werner um, is is um, is still a, a big enigma for me uh, this season because um, you know he, he he does get the chances. Um, they they do come his way. Um, he's not exactly even necessarily an, uh, a, a wayward shooter either I mean he is capable of putting it wide but if we look at the last four matches in the Premier League so five shots on target which is the joint fourth highest 
um, his accuracy rate is 62.5%. So the shots are going on target mm. like a decent amount of time when you consider that um, Kane, his, 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 accurate, uh, his, his accuracy rate is 368 um, You know, Bales is 50%. Um, you know, Rash, well, sorry, Rashford is a bit higher, 83.3%. But um, either way, the point is that Werner is very much in the top half for accuracy mm. on these things. But, and it's a massive but, goal conversion rate is 0%. So the, the the way that he's you know operating isn't leading to goals. Now at some point it should like it, yeah. we, we he he is definitely due not just because he hasn't because some people say players are due because they haven't scored, but really a player is due when they're they're having shots they're having big chances. He's had three big chances. They are on targets. Like I said, he's had five shots on target. Only about five players have had more uh, than than that in the last four matches. Sixty-two point five percent accuracy, all good. So yeah. he is probably due, but the problem is something just has to change to change that goal conversion rate. Now maybe Leeds is what will do it for him, mm-hmm. but personally, because there is, I always say if there's something at the back of my mind that makes me go, eh, but he needs to improve X, Y, or Z, then for me it's kind of a no um, because I just don't trust him. Do you know who I might trust? Mason Mount, and I actually <laughs> think. That Mason Mount could be the best captaincy shout this um, this game week. Um, it's because I think I think the fixture is very favourable, and I've got some stats up on the screen, um, which show the last four matches, and it shows in terms of expected goal involvement. Werner is expected to be involved in most goals, nearly three, so definitely over two. But he's only created five chances, and he's had ten, ten shots inside the box, not to be stiffed at. Six of those on target. So you were talking there about his his accuracy, but it's Mason Mount I'm most intrigued by. Um, Tuchel is not afraid to rotate he's just rotated Mount out but he's rotating based on the fixture to come um, Leeds are vulnerable at set pieces um, and Mount is their set piece guy he's also potentially still on penalties when Jorginho's not on the pitch um, so over the last four Mount created 13 chances expected to have been involved in at least two goals at six shots inside the box half of those on target and this is most intriguing for me 20 corners as well so i just think you know in in terms of just boring getting points on the board a couple of assists some bonus a clean sheet point and suddenly you're looking at a double digit haul which he's got a couple of in his recent starts so i actually think that he could be the best captaincy shout this week more than Werner, who i don't as you were saying i don't fully trust i think it's because we, we, we notice his misses more than his goals. When he scores, it's like, oh, But when he misses, it's just like, oh, well, that's him. Isn't it? <laughs> it's just always missing. Whereas with Mount, I think I think he'll start because um, because I think this is a Mount type of fixture because they need someone with that chance creation and, and that one who's, who's, you know, who's very solid on taking corners. Um, I don't know. It seems odd. He's a seven million... Um, but it probably shouldn't come into it. But what do you think? Mount, am I being a bit weird there? <laughs> well, I mean, if, if you're comparing him against Werner, then absolutely not, because I, I completely <laughs> agree with you. He, if you're talking about reliability, um, you just it, um, uh, Mount beats Werner, I think, in pretty much mm. every category, because um, the, the set pieces is a big, big uh, uh, game changer, especially considering it's leads. But also, you back Mount to start the game, next game more than you probably would Werner as well, because... He's obviously just been rested in the last one. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a, a weird uh, thing to be considering at all. And I'm looking at a game week 30 wildcard. Mm. Um, Mount's massively on my radar because yeah. Chelsea's fixtures are good enough. So, yeah, um, 
yeah don't don't think yourself weird to be no, considered no, man absolutely not i'm not so we, we we'll discuss this further on the scoutcast tonight do watch that um and i know that's something that i guess ben crabtree who's in fact won at fpl um will be keen to discuss because he does own mason mount will he captain him we'll find out tonight um before we move on to some other teams i just want to look at the latest defenses so they're like so-called whipping boys who are the um so the, this is last four matches those that are conceding um, the most expected goals. Um, so it's the ones we can see um, conceding goals, but also expected goals. Um, so looking at Leeds in this, um, they're actually not too bad. <laughs> they've conceded four and they were expected to concede four, but they've only had one clean sheet. So I don't know now. <laughs> now I look at this. I wonder, will Leeds concede a lot? I just feel that the matchup of strong set piece takers and poor defending at set pieces could be could sway it and once again on the scout cast tonight we're going to talk about that in a bit more detail um but um leads are actually very poor at, at um giving up chances at set pieces well, in, in those, those last four mm. matches they conceded 19 chances right. from from set plays which is the second worst so even though the right. xg yeah is uh, as you say i think the seventh best in right. the premier league over that period set pieces is is an area where they drop right down the table yeah so that swings it back towards the likes of Mason Mount, perhaps Werner, um, if you if you go for price over points um, there. But looking out in the fixtures, as we can see, Chelsea, that juggernaut of their defence carries on. How I wish I'd got in Aspilicueta a few weeks back. Um, I think the Chelsea defence is arguably quite a strong captaincy shout um, this week. So they've only conceded one goal the last four and they've only expected to concede barely two. Um, over that time so they're sort of on course there but we can see that Sheffield United Crystal Palace and Burnley uh, amongst those that are shipping the most expected goals and that brings us on to Everton who I think Everton assets have actually very strong captaincy shouts this week Um, so Burnley they're playing Burnley Burnley can't seem to find a clean sheet against attacking sides and Everton have been doing well in front of goal of late obviously um, that fell short last night but nevertheless, of late, they've been doing okay, especially with Charlison. Now, look, I've got some figures up on the screen. This is last four matches, and this shows that it's not Calvert-Lewin. It's with Charlison and Sigurdsson are the best bets for points hauls. But once again, am I being weird there, wanting to captain Richarlison or Sigurdsson? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was looking at that earlier because it, it's so annoying the way that Calvert-Lewin's position seems mm. to have changed. He has been, on more than one occasion used as um yeah like a, he's pushed him out wide to be a target man um i think it was the southampton game where southampton were playing with a, a back four that involved a large number of center backs so they at times were playing uh with three of those center backs mm-hmm. kind of spread out as a back three and he was telling calvert lewin this is Ancelotti, i mean to uh, go and um to go and stand on the right-hand side of, of or rather, Southampton's left-hand side, occupy Salisu, yeah. um, pull him out a little bit more, make some space for Richarlison. Um, and that seems to have been borne out in the stats, unfortunately, yeah. because, yeah, um, in the last four matches, Richarlison, 16 penalty box touches to Calvert-Lewin's 11. Uh, eight shots in a box for Richarlison, just four for Calvert-Lewin. Uh, four big chances for Richarlison, two for Calvert-Lewin, and three shots on target for Richarlison, two for Calvert-Lewin. Now, Charleston has played slightly more minutes within that, about 60 more minutes. Yeah. But even still, you know, he is clearly the the greater threat there. Um, 
which is frustrating uh, because right now, you know, there's a lot of people who have Calvert-Lewin. Are they looking to another Everton player mm. to replace him? Probably not. I'm not afraid of sideways moves. I've always found yeah. that a bit of a misnomer because actually um, if the player you're getting rid of is is le- is not as good as the one you're mm-hmm. signing, even if they play for the same team, it's a good move. But right now, do we really want to sign Everton players when we've got game week 29 to think about? Mm-hmm. So, no. So, it's um it's annoying, but I still think Richarlison's a great shout. You've obviously mentioned Burnley's problems with clean mm. clean sheets. They they generally do um they ne- Burnley is quite rare I think that they are near the top end of XGC because of the way that they operate. They like to encourage lots of shots from distance, which tend to accumulate, so that they are never normally in the top mm. half of XG. But it is quite rare I think for to see them towards the bottom end. But the one key difference here that again I think just tips uh, me over into thinking that Everton can win this quite mm. handsomely is is Nick Pope seems to have kind of like dropped off a cliff oh, in terms yes. of what he can contribute in these scenarios. Now I often on these videos talk mm. about expected goals prevented. Yes. Um and Pope was two weeks ago top of this metric um for um yeah XG prevented. So obviously every shot that that happens is given an XG rating and mm. those that go in um are basically taken off. Mm-hmm. Uh, goalkeepers uh, XG prevented but if they make a save um, then the XG of that shot they get to kind of they, they get to accumulate yeah. that over the course of the season so if a goalkeeper is making lots of fantastic close range saves from high XG chances um, then they get a decent XG prevented score Pope was top of this metric two weeks ago um, he's now third which doesn't really sound awful as in this is for the whole season yeah. Ariola and Martinez are now above him He's on plus 4.4, Martinez on plus 5, and Ariola on plus 5.3. That's how many goals they, mm. XG, they have stopped their team conceding. But if you look at the last four matches, um, Pope is now um, in the bottom six. His XG prevented for the last four matches is minus 1.50. So okay. something's, something's a bit off with him. You know, we know he's a goalkeeper who's capable of making those outstanding saves. I mean, he's costing saves. them goals. Exactly, yeah. Which, when previously, he's the reason why they've kept mm. clean sheets. So then if he... If, if their key, you know, cornerstone of clean sheet potential, Nick Pope, hmm. is in this kind of form, then it makes you think that if they're going to carry on conceding chances at the same rate they did before, but their goalkeeper's not stopping them, then there's goals definitely on offer for Everton. So, you know, to be honest, it's the kind of thing that makes me want to hold Calvert-Lewin. Yeah. It's just a shame that Richarlison looks at the moment best place to actually get the bigger haul. Yeah, well, let's look at those stats again, um, just to, to, to lay them out, just for the benefit of those listening on the podcast. Um, yeah, Richarlison, as you mentioned, eight shots inside the box. His expected goal involvement is getting on for two, 1.8 expected goal involvement over the last four. And Calvert-Lewin is 0.91. So that's half. He's exactly half the man Richarlison is at the moment in terms of goal potential. Um I, I really wish I had Richarlison and I, I would strongly consider captaining him if I owned him. But as you said, um, we've got game 29 coming where Everton blank. I, like many other people, own Calvert-Lewin. Um, I'm not sure I want to make that move, but nevertheless, to do that move, I think I would be getting one of the stronger captaincy shouts this week. Um, that's a decision. Um, I know there's braver, far braver managers, well, almost all managers are braver than me, but um, there are braver managers who might consider that if um, they don't feel comfortable with their other captaincy options. So let's move on, because there are caveats for all of them. Um, City take on Fulham, that sounds good. No. <laughs> well, it, it would have sounded good at the beginning of the season. Um, but unfortunately, Fulham's, def- this is unfortunate for City um, owners, Um Fulham's defence is looking rather good. City are still good. 
but they're looking a little less attacking, especially with De Bruyne back. But also, who is going to play? The rotation is rife. They're all fit, annoyingly. Even Nathan Ake is coming back from injury, so you can tell they're all fit then. So who is going to play? It's just so hard to pin it down. So I've got some more stats on the screen. Last four game weeks, um, expected goal involvement again. I've sorted this by. And it's saying that Jesus um, is, the, is the stronger one. He scored a couple of goals. Expected to have scored about three. Um, Sterling there... Um, Expected goal involvement, 2.49. And then Mares, And then you're moving down to Gundogan. Now, Gundogan was top of this. And now he's moved down over the last few weeks. Coincidentally, De Bruyne is back, who is there himself. He's had 13 goal attempts and 15 chances. So, but no goals. Um, So it's a really, it's a, it's a, it's a, this is a tough one to pinpoint which City players to get and captain this week. Because if he starts, Jesus could be the one. But then he's got the Fulham defence. I mean, you can see my turmoil. <laughs> a city <laughs> asset for the armband? What do you think? <laughs> yeah, it's really tough. I mean, I feel really silly. I actually, um, I had Ariola starting over Pope for mm. game week 27 and I made a late late call to not do that and I and I ruined the decision because this Fulham defence is much, much improved. And mm. to be fair, I know Liverpool haven't exactly, um, you know, been um, raining goals down on people. You know, the result I still think is indicative of what Fulham, you know, are capable of. I mean, they, they really don't get beat heavily anymore. Um, you know, just looking at their, you know, most recent results, they've obviously gone one one nil at, uh, at Liverpool. They they only lost one nil to Spurs. Um, you know, they uh, they they drew. They, they had a close two one game with United. They mm-hmm. lost one nil to Chelsea. They drew one all with Spurs. They drew one all with Liverpool in game week twelve. Um, they lost two nil at the Etihad mm-hmm. in game week eleven. But that was, I if you remember, uh, you know, it's been a weird season, so people don't remember about that far. That was a game week when everyone was piling in on the City mm-hmm. assets, and it was a really frustrating game because Fulham really frustrated Man City, and that Man City didn't take the chances that that came their way. So that's always going to be at the, the back of my mind with this. And then when you just look at those last four matches, their XGC Fulham fourth highest in the league, or fourth, sorry, fourth mm-hmm. fourth lowest, or fourth best. Um, you know they're not going to be afraid of setting up shop and uh, sticking everyone behind the ball in a way that really counts. Um, you know they've already you know if they were looking at this block of fixtures of like how, what points can we get from this? You know because uh, you're playing playing Spurs, Liverpool, Man City yeah. consecutively. Scott Parker would have probably looked at that and thought if we get maybe two points from that, mm. we'll be happy. They've already got three, so yeah. they're already they they must feel up on the up on the deal for this period to 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 go into this with no pressure and mm. just sit there one behind the ball. So then that's going to be yeah. massively there. So I, I'm not going to captain a City player for no. this game because I just don't... Fulham are becoming almost like the new Burnley, you know, that yeah. team that you can trust to frustrate. They're big and six kryptonite, that's what they are. Exactly, exactly. And um, yeah, as you said, with, with the Man City assets themselves, you know, I've got Sterling, I've been keeping hold of him because his XGI is, is decent, but it's just not really coming through. In the last four matches, I think it's Mahrez who has the most attacking returns. In the last six, it's Jesus. Mm. But you don't like. You, I'm not going to break my team to bring in Mahrez and Jesus to captain them for a game against a team that I think will stay up now. So, yeah, so no for me. Right. Okay. Let's 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 steam on through these premium assets that we're going to ignore. But my my current basket now. I'm I'm without a Chelsea asset. I'm without a credible Everton asset that I want to captain. So I'm actually looking at a North London derby. Um, now, Harry Kane and Aubameyang are their main men here, but we've also now got Gareth Bale in the mix, Son, Lucas Moura could indeed get something, and you've got Saka. You've got lots of options here. Um, 
I'm gonna. I'm currently. I don't think he's the best captain this week, but in my team, Harry Kane is the best captain. I think, and so he's my current captain. Um, what do you think, North London Derby? Tough one to call, or is it? Um, it, it yeah, it's definitely tough to call what the result will be. Um, the, the I think that there will be goals mm. because we've got two relatively informed attackers or attacking array of mm. talent. Um, the problem is neither defence is necessarily what I would describe as in disarray. No. Um, you know, in the last in the last four matches, Spurs are third best for XGC and Arsenal are eighth. Um, so, you know, a nil-nil is possible, I suppose, but mm. normally these two teams hate each other enough to really go at each other. Yeah. Um, and then when you consider that, um, when you consider the form that some of these guys are in statistically, there's a lot, there's a lot to like here. So, Last four matches, Kane uh, is behind only Jesse Lingard for mm. shots on target. Um, and it's not like he's snatching at rubbish because he's had four mm. big chances and only Sterling has had more big chances than Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, shots inside the box for Kane is 11. And uh, only Callum Wilson is ahead on this, but obviously the filter I've got on his last yeah. four matches. Yes, so yeah. that includes the his... Last four matches they have played, yeah. Because you know, if people don't know already, if you, if you were to select last four game weeks... At the moment, because we've had a few people playing twice, it sort of skews the figs a little bit. So, of fit players, Kane's had the most shots in the box of, of anyone. Um, you know, there's still a little bit of assist potential there. Two big chances created. So, you know, he's got enough form to be backed in a fixture that he historically does quite well in. Also, on the flip side of that, to be honest, is Aubameyang. Um, If we look mm. at uh, what he's offering, um, it's mostly expected goal involvement that, that I'm looking at here. He doesn't have a... He can never match Kane for volume of shots because no. that's just not the type of player he is. But he he likes to get on the end of the big chances and obviously takes penalties too. So minutes per expected goal involvement in the last four matches, uh, second is Aubameyang on ninety one point four. His expected goals non penalty is one point nine nine, which is in the top six uh, over the same period. Although just bringing it back round to Kane, top of minutes per expected goal involvement in the last four is. Harry Kane, yeah, uh, and he is also top for expected goal non penalty. So he's he's you know, penalties are also available, but even if you take them away, mm-hmm. he is still the form expected goals guy. So it's it's hard to really overlook him. I mean, I don't own him yet. I need to sort out my Kane yeah. in plan. Um, it's worth saying that Gareth Bale is still not doing mm-hmm. too bad. His expected goals non penalty is the fifth best in mm-hmm. the uh, in the league over the same period. He's an easier uh, buy for me as someone who still owns Salah and Sterling. Yeah. Um, so if I was to, if I do get Bale and not Kane, then I'll probably captain Bale because you know the form he's in is great. Mm-hmm. Form for me normally trumps fixture if I have to yes. choose one of the two. And bearing in mind the North London derby is always a, a heated mm. and excited affair, I would be very surprised if we don't. It, it'll be very surprised if we end up with a nil nil. Yeah, I mean that's why I'm thinking of Kane there. Um, if I was to remove Mo Salah, Mohamed Salah, Abamyang and Gareth Bale are top of my shopping list. Um, and Aubameyang is captainable, I think. So the stats we got up on the screen, so you've, you've talked a lot about the, the, the recent stats, expected stats there the last four. The ones I've got up on the screen, some of those you've just mentioned, the big chances total, total and that can show that, yeah, as you were saying, Kane had four big chances in the last four, Aubameyang, four big chances in the last four. Kane has had 21 goal attempts, so there's that volume, eight chances still, three goals. And Aubameyang is much more clinical. He's only had 10 goal attempts compared to Kane, that's only. Um, four big chances, four goals. There you go, it's accurate. Um, Bale there, not to be sniffed at, three big chances, created six, 
chances. Um, I've seen, seen some a lot of descriptions of the way he is at the moment, and the way I think it, I think it was uh, our colleague Neil was talking about how um, Gareth Bale is sort of sort of chance creator one minute, and then suddenly he's in the box, <laughs> or he's on the edge of the box and shooting an, an absolute worldie in, and it's that's that's why he's world class and he's on top form at the moment. So you sort of this bail time, <laughs> um, twelve goal well, it's attempts. Like, it's like Salah used to be, yeah. isn't it? When when you pay for a premium midfielder, yeah. that's what you want. Or like I, I still desperately, desperately miss having Eden Hazard in the Premier League. Yeah. You know that guy that that did exactly as you just described yeah. there. So now that Bale's on form, that it looks like he's capable of sustaining. Mm. He, I, I think he's going to be in a captaincy conversation. Uh, quite persistently between now and the end of the season. Yeah, I think I'm 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 pretty certain I'm going to get one of Bale or Bamiang in this week at the expense of Salah, and I um I think they're both great great shouts. Um, but yeah, if you can see the stats there. I think North London derby. Why not? Especially in a week like this, where there's so many other assets, um, have caveats. And there's another one, Fernandez. So a lot of people got rid of him. Uh, last game week and he pro- probably got in a double digit haul because that's what he does uh, <laughs> uh, got a penalty in what puts me off is less him I do you know I, I, I'm happy to captain him most weeks it's just West Ham West Ham is so good and I just I just feel that the way West Ham is set up I feel that Manchester United will struggle they have tended to struggle against teams like West Ham this season um, you know, if they were playing a Leeds or something, I would I would be a bit more happy. But it's West Ham, so yeah, Manchester United are curious. As I said at the start, you know, they struggle to break down Palace and then whoop Man City the next week. I mean, they're really hard to pin down, and that's not what we want for the captaincy. But nevertheless, Manchester United asset against West Ham, or indeed a West Ham asset against Manchester United <laughs> for the armband. Well, yeah, I yeah I, I actually held Fernandez and. Was very happy to get the mm. get the points. I got to be honest; I didn't see him coming. I just would rather roll a transfer. So I consider myself mm. lucky that I felt the need to roll a transfer because if yeah. I felt the need to make one, I probably would have moved him on. Um, but yeah, that unpredictability is the key here, and you put that up against West Ham's mm. defense, which last four matches fifth best for XGC. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not a team that are going to get. There was a time when we sort of saw West Ham with whipping boys, and they've they've demonstrated yeah. this season that they can still do damage against the, the big team. So yeah, on that, it's um. Yeah, I, I can't captain Fernandez for this. And it's nice going into another game week, a second in a row, mm. where knowing that owning Fernandez and not captaining him isn't going to cause me too many problems. His effective mm. ownership in the top 10K this week was about 80%, which for him is like a whole new low. Mm. Um, it's quite nice because he's worth holding, but oh, not yeah. worth captaining for this. As for West Ham against uh, Man United, possibly, I think they will suffer from the fact that Lingard can't play mm-hmm. because obviously he's ineligible to face his pairing club. Yeah. And uh, what a sensible... I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's the case with every loan deal at the moment. But Man United must be very happy mm. that he's their player because, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're the only team he can't hurt. Um they could do with they, Jesse Lingard themselves. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm actually happy for him, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a bit of a side note, but I mean, if you think about the, what he's had to put up with over the last mm. few years, I mean, I thought he was one of England's best players at the World Cup. Yeah. And then you hit a bad patch of form and just simply because people seem to have an issue with what he does on social media mm. and try and compare him to an era where, oh, by the way, you know, just imagine if some of the, the, yeah. the big footballing names in the 60s had Instagram, you'd probably be thinking exactly the same thing about them. Oh my them, God, George Best's Instagram account, X-rated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I've, I've always felt for Jesse Lingard and I'm very happy that 
that he's you know hitting a run of form again and proving people wrong. Mm. And to be honest, I mean, you know, he's he's. I think people maybe even start thinking about him in the captaincy. Not maybe immediately because obviously can't play this mm. week. Game week twenty nine against Arsenal, so I wouldn't do it then. But you know, some of the fixtures West Ham have in the run in, he looks quite nice for. Yeah. Without Lingard, I mean, I think there was a little bit of a time when before he sort of started to get going, we had Antonio for a bit and he wasn't quite fit, and mm. you know they didn't have that same. Um, energy going forward so I think I think that I, I, I just you know I wouldn't you know Captain Antonio for example in this game and to mm. be honest like I own Shaw and Maguire yeah I'll def- I'm pretty sure I'll start at least Shaw maybe even Maguire if, if mm. they're facing the West Ham team with that Lingard so yeah yeah I mean the stats we got up on the screen I've actually done four last four game weeks so we usually do last four matches um, but I've done last four game weeks for this one because you can do that for the for, for um players from the same team because obviously it all evens up but you can see here that, that Fernandes has actually played um, has actually played uh, he's had five starts so this is five games because of the double game week it's included in this but nevertheless he's so he's had two big chances so that's ordinarily okay but for someone like Bruno Fernandes two big chances across five matches it's not the level that we want the goal attempts eight nine chances created these these are good these are sort of eight million midfielder good they're not the absolute premium asset that you would captain at a home game against a team like West Ham on paper. And as we've said, West Ham, actually, defence is good. Without Jesse Lingard, well, they actually become more defensive. And Fernandez is, you know, he can get a penalty, he can get a double-digit haul from nothing. But that's what you're relying on here. Um, and to be fair, it hasn't been a, a bad policy to rely on that. Um, also, his effective ownership is below that 100%, finally, when taking into account the captaincy. So, you know, there are big returns potentially for those that captain Fernandez. I think I, he's my vice captain at the moment. That's the way I see him at the moment. I don't mind the captaincy falling on him because he's quite reliable for that. But I don't, I feel uncomfortable just relying on penalties when I haven't got all those other, all those other metrics to go with. Um, just before we round off, um, look at the fixtures um, here. So, I mean, we've already, I think it's quite a good week to be different for the armband, but there are some others um, here. Let's have a look. Um, well, I say there are others here. I mean, these, these are the fixtures we haven't covered. Villa against Newcastle. Palace against West Brom. I laugh at that one. Um, Southampton against Brighton. Another laughable one. Leicester against Sheffield United. And then Liverpool against Wolves. And this is where Liverpool are now. They're now in the... They're below laughable. <laughs> so if, if captaining a Palace or West Brom player is laughable this week, <clears throat> Liverpool are below that. But, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of getting rid of Mo Salah. I mean, it, are we foolish to not even consider Liverpool assets for the captaincy? I don't... Foolish is the wrong word, I think, because, <laughs> <laughs> because there is definitely reasons to look elsewhere. Uh, definitely. As for the question of Salah, I mean, I'm not going to captain him, but am I going to move him on? I don't know. The Wolves game, actually, I think is an opportunity for them to mm. get back on the horse because Wolves' defence has not really been that reliable compared to what we're used to with them. Yeah. Um, last four matches, their XGC is 7.36, fourth worst in the league. So there's a, ch- there's a chance, there's an opportunity there for Liverpool to take advantage of a team that hasn't defended too well. Um, Salah's own stats, like he's way below where we're expecting him to be. Mm. But he's still getting big chances. You know, he's got th- three big chances in the last four, which is not awful. The problem is he's got three shots on target, so he's not putting these away. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if this is a game where Liverpool get back to where we expect them to be. 
especially considering everyone's selling Salah. I mean, we all saw Am with Fernandez yeah. in the most recent game. We know that this this is in Salah somewhere. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not going to captain him, but you know, there's a, the, the thing is the, the problem is looking ahead to other captaincy videos we've got to do. You know, he will probably. I will be so shocked if we're not talking about him in three or four weeks' time mm. because Liverpool's fixtures between now and the end of the season are really nice. Um, when you look at what they've got to do after 31, um, you know, they're, they're playing um, Arsenal, Villa, Leeds, Newcastle, Man United, you know, that's a tough one, but Southampton, West Brom, Burnley, Crystal Palace. He is going to be in and around those captaincy videos we do, mm. right? So moving him on right now, that's risky for me. And to be fair, I say this from a lucky position of if I need someone to throw into the fire to get myself mm. Gareth Bale, I've got Raheem Sterling, who, let's be honest, like, yeah, nah, like at least Salah's going to start, right? So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's my position on it. Well, there's a couple of things to look at. So defences, the last four. Expected goals conceded. Uh, Wolves actually the fourth worst. Um, so he's expected to have conceded yeah, exactly. well over seven goals. So yes, if if Liverpool can find their form, um, then this could be, it could be lucrative. But I don't, the thing is watching Liverpool, it's so frustrating. Um and there's something we're going to discuss more in more detail on the Scoutcast. But one of the f- figures that I'll, I'll read out there, I might as well read it out now as well, because you know, I'm a journalist. So, you have to you know, now. I, yeah, I can't now. keep secrets. <laughs> <laughs> so, over the last four matches, there are 33 players that have had more shots on target than Salah. Most expensive player in the game, that is. And there are 21 players that have a higher expected goal involvement than Salah. So... That just shows you why people are getting rid of him and that's why I'm considering it as well. Um, it may punish me though. It may punish me indeed. Um, before we go, just mention the members area of Fantasy Football Scout. We, we've drawn on lots of good stats there. Expected goal involvement. Your great goalkeeper ones as well. I do look forward to them every week. Um, and also there's the Rate My Team tool and Season Ticker and all of those things. All the, all the gadgets, bells and whistles there. So do have a look on site for that. But in the meantime, David, thanks so much for joining me. And a good luck with your captaincy decision. Yes, thanks, Joe. And the same to you.